From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It is my joy today to greet you and to welcome you to our Making a Difference broadcast and to spend some time with the Bible open talking about some of the good things that God's given us in His Word. We've been looking at the highlights of the book of Philippians. Now, when I talk about the highlights, I don't mean that we're skipping a bunch of things, but we're looking at the peaks that I like to call the mountain peaks of uh, Philippians, and then we build around it the context. So basically, we're getting everything that's in these four chapters, but we're doing it based on the highlights giving us an outline of the book, and lots of good things. So many things to encourage, so many things to instruct, so many things that help us along the way. You know, the big thing in our life ought to be to figure out what God thinks is important and then go with that. And this passage that we're looking at today in chapter 3 is going to be dealing with that very subject, counting what really counts, counting things like God counts it. And I think you'll see as we look at the passage today that there are some things that are so important that they ought to be number one, they ought to be top priority for all of us. Whenever we think about the issues of life and death, time and eternity, we think about the issue of salvation. All of those things are important, so very, very important, and we need to look at them in the light that God gives us. Sometimes I think of things, you may think of things, that may not be quite on track, because after all, we are not omniscient. That is, we don't have all knowledge. We do not have all wisdom, but God does. And when He tells us something, then it enriches our knowledge. It enriches our wisdom. And we are in a much stronger position when we listen to the Lord. So let's look at the passage today, Philippians chapter number 3, and I begin reading with verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Look at that verse, number seven, in particular. What things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Now, this word count appears twice here in this passage, and it's just telling us that we ought to evaluate things like the Lord evaluates them, embrace what he tells us to embrace, and when we do that, we will be on good, solid ground. Some things that people look at, some things that people desire, some things that people even lust after, are things that do not really count at all. Now, they may count in the moment when you say, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. But by tomorrow, next week, next month, and certainly by the time eternity rolls around, you're going to find that it doesn't really count at all. Uh, what the Apostle Paul does here in this passage, he kind of rolls out an abbreviated version of his resume. 
And he's telling us that he has a good pedigree that is acceptable among his peers. The Jewish men would have been pretty uh, excited, I think, any one of them, to have a resume like he shows us here. But he's just simply saying that resume doesn't really count at all. In fact, you may have a good resume. I may have a good resume. And we look at that and we say, you know, that's pretty nice. That's good. I'm really tickled about that. And frankly, there are some things that uh, all of us, maybe it's pride sometimes, but maybe it's to our advantage with other people to uh, embrace the things that we've accomplished and put it down in writing and say, look here, this is what I can offer. This is what I have that I can contribute to the equation. Like if you're going after a job or whatever, you will put down all of those things. But many of those things, when it comes to eternity, when it comes to walking with God, when it comes to the really strong substance of your Christian life, these things may not matter at all. They may not help to get you where you need to be at all. So your resume may look good, but if you're not saved, let me say to you first of all that your resume will not get you in with God. It will not get you where you need to be. It's not going to get you to heaven. You cannot coast into heaven simply because that you graduated from high school or you graduated from college or because you've got money in the bank or because you know some of the political players or all those kinds of things that sometimes get on the resume. Some things just don't count at all. And we need to acknowledge that. Now, if you uh, go down the street uh, to one of the fast food places to buy breakfast or to buy lunch, uh, you want to be sure that you have some money in your pocket or you have a credit card so that you can get what you need there. Because after all, the things that you want when you go to a restaurant, they're going to say it's uh, this amount of money. And so you want to count that out and be sure you got it right. Now, you may remember a number of years ago, some of the educators came out with something they call new math, and uh, they've had several versions of that, several variations on that theme, and basically it boils down to, well, you know, you can have whatever answer that you want. I mean, just figure out how you would like it, and you can have the answer that you want, and no answer is the wrong answer, that kind of thing. Now, I may be oversimplifying that, but at the same time, I think it's the essence of what has been fostered on a lot of young people, telling them that really they can count any way they want to count. They can just say whatever they want to say, and oh, okay, you're all right. Just express yourself. Now, folks, when it comes to facing the Almighty, when it comes to our dealing with God, new math is not going to work. We need to count things like God counts it. And by the way, that new math, even out here on the street, I mean, that new math at the supermarket, that new math at the mall, I don't think it's going to work. It's not going to work at the bank whenever you go to pay a bill or whenever you go to cash a check. I mean, if you go in there with a $100 check and then they hand you back $100 and you say, oh, I was thinking to get $300. They're going to laugh at you, and they're going to say, this guy is not thinking straight at all. You say, oh, it's my new math. I get to make the decision about what I want it to be, and they're still going to chuckle all the more because it just doesn't work. And I want you to see how that the things that really count are the things that the Lord says 
will count. These are the things that you and I need to get hold of and uh, just determine that we're going to learn how God looks at things and we're going to follow that. The Apostle Paul rolls out so many things here that would have been impressive to his peers, talking about how he was a Pharisee, how he was somebody that had been really uh, of the uh, lineage of a Jew, and he lays all of that out clearly. But he says, all of that, I looked at it And it looked great on paper. I mean, it was something I was kind of proud of. But the things that I thought were gain, he said, I laid them aside and I counted them as loss for Christ. In other words, he said, I set that aside. I took Christ first and foremost. I put him in the driver's seat. I put my trust in him. And when he did that, then he's counting things in a way that's really going to amount to something for eternity. And I think what he's telling us here when he says, What things were gained to me, those I counted loss. I mean, we need to assess our losses. Sometimes you maybe need to say, uh, what do I have to set aside? What should I set aside? What should I discount? What should I lay aside in order to make Christ real to me, in order to make Christ prominent in my life, to let him have the preeminence that he deserves? Folks, whatever you thought to be important, you need to understand that it really has no eternal merit unless it lines up with what God says is real. I look at things around me all the time that uh, I think are important. I mean, if I were to ask some questions like, is it okay to make money? Well, obviously it's okay to make money. You'll need some of it. You'll need some to pay your rent, make your house payment, make your car payment. Obviously, it's okay to make money, but we must not make money the real urgency of our life. We must not make it the thing which drives us and dominates us. We must not take money in the wrong sense and let it use us, let it manipulate us, let it drive us. You see, possessions, whether it be money, your car, your house, your clothes, whatever, possessions are to be possessed. They are to be used. They are to be managed by us. We have a responsibility if we own them, if we have ownership, then we have a responsibility of stewardship to use those in a wise way, to use those in a way that will be honoring to the Lord and to demonstrate our testimony like we ought to as a good witness for Christ. So possessions are to be possessed, and we simply must not let our possessions possess us. And dear friends, nothing that we can say will make any of these things all that important whenever eternity rolls around. When eternity comes, you're going to be glad that you gave God the place that he asked for in your life. You're going to be glad that you listen to what's in the book. I'm talking about the Bible. You listen to what God has said, and you said, I'm going to follow the Lord's wisdom. Sometimes, you know, in reading passages, well, let's say the Proverbs in the Old Testament, or even the Psalms in the Old Testament, there's so many, many instructive things in uh, both Proverbs and Psalms. And when you get to the epistles in the New Testament and the Sermon on the Mount, so many, many things that are related to where we live, where we work, where we play, related to our family, related to our relationships with our co-workers and with other people that we meet along the way. And those instructive things are things that enable us to build with the right views, with the right values in mind. And whenever we count things like they ought to be counted, 
Obviously, we get concerned about our own salvation, and we look to the Lord and ask him to give us the salvation that he's promised to those who come and trust him. And then we get concerned about our family. We get concerned about our friends. We get concerned for others, even total strangers, people that we run into along the way that we can witness to, that we can tell about the Savior. We can give them a piece of gospel literature or whatever because it is important. It is something that ought to have prominence with us all along the way. And whenever you and I are counting like we ought to, salvation is a major issue. You know, counting like when Sunday comes, for example. Sunday is an important day. You read the Bible. There's no question that the Lord expects us to assemble. He expects, I mean, that's the reason he gave us the church. And the church is, you know, that word ecclesia in the Bible is a called out assembly. That means we get together. That means we gather with the people of God, and uh, Sunday, we ought to count it like God says, count it. It's time for Sunday school when Sunday comes, not Little League, not some other event, not some camping trip or whatever. Now, I don't object to you going camping. Just be sure you go to church when you go camping. Sunday is the Lord's Day, even when we're on vacation. Sunday is the Lord's Day every single week, and you and I do ourselves well. I mean, we need preaching more than we need to fire up our grill on Sunday morning. We need to give ourselves, as the Lord says we ought to, counting things like the Lord says count them. Count things in a way that will really count in the long run. I look at this passage and this precious verse. I have it underlined in this Bible that I'm using today. It says, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He's putting things in the right perspective. We should not get so enamored with our car, our house, our money, or other things, but really putting the Lord first every step of the way. The Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, Matthew 6, So dear friends, let's get this straight and count what really counts. Well, tomorrow we'll look at some more of the highlights here in the book of Philippians. And in the meantime, I hope that you'll get in touch. I'd love to send you a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper. And at the same time, I'd love to hear from you. So God bless you for writing. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.